Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So everyone, welcome Savia Wade to the Birth Queen podcast. Um, this is a long time coming. I actually put together that right after I launched Birth Queen, we ended up in the same Essence article about yes. to watch and you also have been doing the damn thing since that yes. came out in like march yeah no, march april you know what it was it was it was black maternal health week mm-hmm. so, yep the book came out in march and then yeah april the time it was like that's when everything was like boom 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 because it was like the topic, the connection, the this, the that. So yeah, it's been pretty wild. It's been a wild year. It feels like the, it feels like the year's already over. And I know like we're at the end of the year kind of close, but like I feel like the year I'm like, okay, I've retired. I'm done. <laughs> like see y'all next year in the spring. <laughs> a lot. So let's let's I have a couple questions that I I like to ask and they're 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 easy ones. So let's mm-hmm. start with who who is Savia Wade? Who is Sabia Wade? Um, I am more of a homebody than people would know. (laughs) Like when I'm home, I live in Georgia. I am like in the house. Like I don't go anywhere. I'm just like in the house. But then when I'm not home, I'm everywhere. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, I am definitely a fire sign. I definitely am very stubborn in like a good way i think like in the sense of like if i want to do something i'm going to do it like i don't understand no i don't understand maybe i don't understand any of that um i am a bleeding heart i like just want everyone to be well i just want everything to be like one like um i am a co-parent of two kids with my friend i'm a dog parent of two I don't know who's worse, to be honest. Like, I don't know who exhausts me more. Um, I'm a girlfriend now. That's like a new thing that I'm like living into. Cause I've always been the type that like, I'm just gonna be single and I'm just gonna venture the world and just whore it up. You know what I mean? But now I'm not doing that. <laughs> and of course, you know, I'm a doula, I'm an educator. I am an author. I am an activist. Um, and I am someone who really loves carrot cake and most cakes. <laughs> I love that. I love a warm treat. A warm, love a warm treat. treat. A warm treat. Yeah, I'm here for a warm treat, not a cold treat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's my. Love a warm piece of fruit, you know, like an apple pie. Like I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm no, a I'm a plant daddy too. Egg and a a delicious chocolate chip cookie with some nuts in it. I make some. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm here for it. Yep, I like it. Um, so tell us, like, how did you get to where you are? Like, is it? I'm curious because. I, I don't, some of us may have envisioned this line of work. I, I doubt most of us. I think most of us didn't have a choice. Uh, we were called to it. Do you feel called to this work? And, and when did that calling occur for you? Yeah. Um, let's see. Feeling called to this work. I don't know if I felt like if I like consciously ever, even when I was starting to do the work was like, I feel called to this. Okay. Um, I don't know. Let's think about it. But I started off in my like early, I think when I was like 19, 20, I became a nursing assistant. And, you know, at the time I was like, when am I going to be able to do this work? Because this is kind of nasty. Um, but, then, <laughs> but then like after doing it and get into it, I really loved caring for people. Like that was something that I like initially knew about myself. I, was, like, I really love caring for people. Like this is pretty great. Um, and then also kind of like at the same time, I actually was getting into like in my personal life, getting into like BDSM and kink and stuff like that. And I was like establishing myself as like a dominant in that space. Right. And like part of being a dominant in that space is like, you really advocate for people that trust you. Right. But of course, again, I'm like 2021, I'm just having fun. Okay. Period. Right. Um, <laughs> so I'm like doing that whole thing. And through the years, like that first like 20s, mid 20s, I was always either working in a hospital or working in like some type of facility of care, like works with all types of people, um, HIV, AIDS, all, just all types of gunshot. Like I literally was working with everyone under the sun and I really just enjoyed my work. Like it, you know, of course it's exhausting, it's tiring in its own way, but I felt fulfilled to be mm -hmm. helping other people. Mm -hmm. um, and also like in my kink life, even like, people being able to be open with me in a way that they couldn't be with the world and be able to hold that. Um, and so that kind of was happening at the same time. It was like this dual experience. And then I, one of the last hospitals I worked in was a hospital in Philly. And I was like thinking at the time that I wanted to be a nurse. Like I kept being like, I'm going to be a nurse. Like I'm going to do that whole thing. Do, do, do. But when I started working in this hospital, I actually had hurt myself. Um, I didn't hurt myself. I was overworked. Okay. Period. But like my hand, my hand was messed up from like lifting people all the time. So I actually went on light duty. And when I was on light duty, I actually started really hanging out with like the executives of the hospital and learning more about like, why is the patient ratio what it is? And like, what's the thought behind this? You know what I mean? And that's why I started making these connections to like, you know, systems prioritizing money over people. Um, and also seeing how that reflected in my work, right? Like how I was overworked and how nurses were overworked and how like it always felt like this choice of like quantity over quality. Mm -hmm. um, and I was also seeing how, you know, Black folks were coming in, like how they were dealing with their health issues, their resources, this and the other. And also realizing that because I was a part of the hospital system, there was only so much I could say to them, right? So like I was limited because I'm like, I need to make sure that I can secure my job. <laughs> like, right? so I got introduced to doulas just like being in the Philly kind of art space and like being in community 
And I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. So Lone Star Less Song, um, I was also like, you know, doing the like lesbian thing. And I was like, I'm gonna go be with my lover, who I was in a tragic, it was it was a terrible relationship. We all have those, you know what I mean? Terrible, awful. I've never had so, <laughs> all of mine were made. That's why I have to <laughs> so I was doing like, I was like, I'm gonna go be because she she lived in Boston or whatever. And I was like, I'm gonna move to Massachusetts. I'm doing this thing. But I knew in my head, I knew the relationship really wasn't gonna work. But I just need to see it for myself. Okay. I just need to go for myself. But when I went up there, I was like, before I even went up there, I was like, I'm going to make sure that I find something that is just for me, if that makes sense. And so I found out about the Prison Birth Doula Project because I knew I wanted to be like to get into doula work, but I knew that I didn't want to work with the average population, I guess she was saying. So I started working with them, got accepted into that, moved up to Massachusetts and became a volunteer full spectrum doula working with incarcerated, formerly incarcerated people um, in substance abuse recovery and people actively using. And I did that for two years voluntarily. And then after that, I was just in it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, but I don't know if I like there, went into it being like called. Right. But since we're there, I think this is something that people don't think about and have no idea how many women give birth in prison and how many mm-hmm. women incarcerated our mothers and how insane those numbers are. So can you just shed light on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like it, it's me, definitely a thing for people to know about. Yeah. Like I think one of the things that like really attracted me to the work was yes, the aspect of being a doula and being able to, to advocate and do, you know, all the things that I had, like at least my initial imagery of what a doula was. Um, but for me, when I, when I realized the prison birth project existed, I remember that moment of being like, hmm, I never thought about people being pregnant while they're in cars. I just never, it never, right. it just never made sense to me. Um, but becoming a, a prison birth project doula, I was really exposed to how many people were, how many, you know, were, were incarcerated, were pregnant, not even just pregnant, but, you know, have children on the outside that they're trying to see that they should be seeing on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. You know, their case managers, social man- social workers being overworked, so not being able to see their children. Um, you know, really like the whole, first of all, even the process of giving birth when you're incarcerated, right? Like depending on what they're in there for, they may have the ability to have their baby and not be incarcerated anymore. Maybe going to like, uh, you know, some type of home, but that home has to one, even be accessible for kids. So sometimes that's not even a choice for people, right? right? But then the other aspect is the person who has a baby and has to return right back to jail, right? And they're returning back, like a vaginal delivery, they're returning back within 24 hours. You know, C-section, maybe two to three days, right? So imagining someone coming from being pregnant for all this time and the body transitioning, right? The physical transitions that are happening, the hormonal transitions that are happening, the mental things that are happening and adding prison on top of that, right? Like it was a, it, it's, it's a center of what, how I do this work. <laughs> like, because I just think about, you know, even the survival and even like the, you know, the idea of like, oh, they're in prison, they shouldn't be in prison, whatever the case may be. A lot of people are doing survival crimes, right? Like a lot of people are doing things so that they can do something for their kids so that they can feed their children. A lot of people are dealing with major trauma, substance abuse, not getting resourced enough, 
right? Like there's all these things that I am blessed to have been witness to and to be a part of because it really helped me to be aware of like the complexities of pregnancy and life. Like it's not, everyone's not just pregnant, you know, white picket fence. I have this, I go here, I got this partner, this family member, this whatever. It's like people are dealing with some shit. That doesn't end, right? Like that's generational. Like that's the thing that it's the concentric circles of impact that we're not thinking Mm -hmm. about. That person's mental health who probably already has been strained. Impact, yeah. A baby and going right back. I I do, I literally just heard a story. Um, I'm headed to Iowa in a couple of weeks to help them with their Black Doula Collective. And I heard a beautiful um, prison birth story with the support of a doula. And I'm probably going to cry now because it was beautiful. And that I think also is really, really important that you can have a a dignified, respectable birth and be incarcerated and still a plan for that baby to be with that, the the father for you to come back. Yeah. And it's like, you know, those stories are definitely, those those are definitely possibilities that I really like love, like when that happens. And there's also like, especially being a doula and, and that system, um, we used to bring like snacks and stuff. We were able to bring snacks once a week, whatever case is, but the prison didn't really like us, but we were good for their outside view, right? Like people to be like, oh, you have a doula program, right? But they didn't really like us. They were like, we don't want you to do this. We don't want you to do that. And I remember like going to um, the the prison's orientation. So we had our own orientation, of course. And then we go to the one for the prison or whatever. And like the idea, like one of the major things that stuck out to me, and it's all different types of people sitting at the table, right? There's chaplains, there's volunteers for this, volunteers for that. Like, and one of the things that they're saying that was emphasized so much was like, don't trust them. Don't touch them. Don't hug them. Don't, you know, like it was all this like stuff where it's like, yo, this is like being touched starved, right? That people learn in COVID is like a whole fucking thing. But then like you have people who are pregnant <laughs> and you're like, don't touch them. Don't trust them. Don't blah, blah, blah. And we're like, and we didn't follow those rules. Right. We're like, come here, get some pickles. Okay. <laughs> get some chocolate. Come here. I'm going to, I'm going to touch your hand. I'm going to touch your shoulder. I'm going to give you a hug when I see you. Right. Like I'm not here to judge you for your actions. I'm here to like pour into you and the child that you have coming. Like, cause sometimes that's like, our approach or our presence was the only form of like care and love. Right. Like, and just even just the, you know, different things, like when, when they get locked down and, you know, the, the pregnant people usually if they're on lockdown or whatever, get some type of way of being able to walk around because they're pregnant and you need activity, but it was like not enough. And then like, also like little things that people don't think about, how do you get all the nutrients and the things that you need from the food that you're receiving, right? Like, cause what if you only have one piece of fruit a day, if that? So now we had a lot of people that were just simply constipated, right? <laughs> like, it's just like all these things that people just don't think about. And I don't know, it just, that's the foundation of my work. Like that experience is a foundation of my work. I never, I, I didn't go into dual work, working for like learning from like a big organization or any of that. It was all like, thrown in 
this is what you do. And that's when I learned, like, yes, as a doula, you know, we have the magic tricks, we have the essential oils and we have, we have the, this and the, that we, you know, have our bag of magic tricks, but there's nothing that beats presence. There's nothing that beats, I'm just going to sit with you. Even if we don't know the answer, there's nothing that beats, I'm not going to judge you because you use during your, your pregnancy. There's nothing like I had a client that was con- like, you know, hopefully, you know, she's doing well, but you know, have just went back and forth into use, you know, like, and when I met her, she had a, she had a, she had a baby while she was incarcerated. She got out. And I remember like a year and a half later, I get a text message and I'm like, Oh, who is this? And she tells me who it is. And she's like, you know, I'm pregnant again or whatever, but also I'm using, and it was just like, I was the only person that she, that she felt like she could come to, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, I don't know. People just, I don't know. We just, if you don't know, you just don't know. But when you know, you know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. It's, um, I would literally, I was just met, meeting with a new couple, uh, doula clients yesterday. And, you know, some, some couples are okay to hear that. Yes, I have training in a magic bag of tricks, but I also just show up and read the room. all you can really do like you cannot predict and that's what's so hard about this birth work is people want to control you know and you cannot and the more to me we cause more harm when we try to you know make a system and and a license and a notebook and a you know like Spreadsheets, like babies don't give a shit about a spreadsheet and calendar invites. They're going to come when you want. And to me, the more we do that stuff, the more challenging it is or the more the baby's like, I don't want to come in the world like that. Like Mm -hmm. because you're you're mentally right. You're in this space of pressure. And like I saw that even like expressed in um, when I was wearing incarcerated population because there would be like a trend of like baby like people being pregnant for like 42 weeks. But a lot of it was the mental, I don't want to have a baby in here. Absolutely. I want to hold on to my baby as long as I can. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> like, I want to like do this when I feel safe. Like safety is such a big factor in giving birth, right? It's like the, the mind and the body have to connect for things to really flow. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm like, there's so many thoughts and opinions. <laughs> Yes, so many people that went to school for a really long time that still don't understand that. Um, Like just speaking to the person in labor when you walk into the room to talk about- Yeah, when I was like long, long ago, like when I first had started, I had, um, I think I was like, I was like doing- some kind of like reading and stuff from Birth Arts International. Um, and I think the head of Birth Arts International is Demetria. But one of the things that stuck out to me in those like early years, I, I believe there was something about like the, how you look at birth, right? And it was kind of like um, a wise woman look, like perspective. And then it was kind of like this medicalized perspective. And so the different was like, even if you're a doctor, midwife, dual, whoever, if you have like this more medicalized perspective, it's like this idea that everything fits in a little bucket, right? Like this goes this way. This is, you know, this is early labor. It only lasts for this long. This is active labor. It lasts this long. This is transition. It lasts for this long. It should look like this. It should happen like this. And the idea is that if it doesn't align 
and this perfect box that you have to rescue the person, right, from their experience. And then that comes intervention, it comes this, it comes that, right? It's like treating the birthing body as if it's just like this commodity that we, you know, poke and prod and we have to just get the baby out. That's the point of this whole thing. Where right. like the wise woman perspective was like, you're going with the flow, right? You understand that you're not rescuing somebody from this experience unless they need to be rescued, right? You're right. understanding that this person will have emotional ups and downs as they move through. They'll have physical ups and downs as they move through and all that is normal, right? So it's like, you're not going to like interject yourself. You're not going to rescue this person. You're not going to tell them that you know more about them than they know about themselves. Like that's not any of it. It's I'm going to sit here and, and be of service to you and assist you in this process and like move through knowing that your experience is going to be different from anybody else's experience. Even or if I've seen this a thousand five. times. Right. Yeah. Or that, if that mom, you know, that person has five kids, the sixth can be completely different. Yeah. They're so it's like going into it being yeah. like every, every situation is, is individual. No matter if someone yeah. had 20 kids. No matter if you've seen birth 20,000 times, you still are not the expert of what's going on. Correct. I experienced that with my second. Everyone was like, it should be so fast. It's your second. And I was like, yeah. I <laughs> and I have OP babies. Like, shut up. Like, it's not. Yeah. Well, why mm -hmm. is it taking so long? I, you think I want to be in this labor at this long? I know. No, I don't. Um, hey, uterus, you want to just like, Cervix, I know, right? and as a doula, when you're in that space and someone's making those comments, you're like, your eyes are like fire towards them. Like, really? It's literally the most unhelpful thing anyone can do. It's like, I don't know why you're not being like everybody else. You know, you're like, and it's like, and it's like, even when people like, because of course, you know, being a doula, like you go through those experiences where people start getting impatient or they start like expressing that they're tired or whatever. And you're like, no one is going through more than a person who's having a baby. Like, so we have to all just hush our mouths. Yes. <laughs> like, if you're not going to be positive, remove yourself from the space because yep. no one else is going through, no one in this space is going through more than this person who's having a child. They're tired. Stressed, <laughs> excited, everything. Like, they're not yeah. working a shift. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Trust me, I wish it was just uh, my births were like a shift. I wish. I'm just gonna clock out now. Job yeah. is done. I know exactly. Okay, so so many things. Um, I wanna. I want you to talk about. I always ask people, what are they giving birth to next? But you just gave birth to a whole book and an author now. Um, mm -hmm. to to your to your many crowns can you speak about that experience and and that journey because i think yeah it's awesome. yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild i think it's even like now looking back at it it's been i feel like i you know it's a birth process so you like have your book it's this idea whatever you know you count that as like the sperm and the egg like whatever you got going on right so like <laughs> And then maybe it like becomes an embryo and it starts to grow and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I'm writing the book and I'm moving through it. And like, for me, my writing process is very like, I really can't be home, if that makes sense. Like, I need to be like, I usually like to go into nature, really. Because I like the way that I write is that I write very um, like focused. Like, I can't write like for four hours and then go do other work. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, I need to be like, 
in this space, let go of everything else. <laughs> like, go into, like, now that I, like, you know, you watch movies and they have writers or whatever, and a person's like, I have to go to the cabin so I can, like, write my little thing, whatever. Yeah. That's me. Okay. I gotta go. Gotta go. I gotta be in nature. I gotta, like, because I have to, like, be in a space where I can expand. Like, my thoughts can just be open. Like, I can just, you know, like, it's like a, a, a surrender and a release that has to happen for me to, like, really get into my bag um so there was that I mean that was like a you know writing the book was probably about a two-year process um and I had like my writing coach that was very helpful and then I got um signed to my book agent Laura Lee Mattingly and then I got signed to my publisher Chicago Review Press um and then you have to like you know you're working with these people and you're like okay this is what I'm doing and I was very grateful because the people that I work with, Laura Lee, Kara, um, they didn't want me to change my book. I had talked to some other people, other book agents who who, who um, had very famous clients, right? And I was like, first off, like, wow, you're interested in me? Like, that was the thing. But it was like also talking to them, they wanted to shift the way that I wanted to write, you know? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, so that was a process of moving through. And then also my book was actually supposed to come out in the fall of 2022. But in the spring of 2022, I told my editor, I was like, I'm not ready. Like, I'm not ready. We need to push it back. Because my whole thing was, I never wanted to write my book under stress because I felt like that would read in the book. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like energetically that would be picked up on. And I didn't want that. So that's why it was always important to me to like, be in a space that makes me feel good. Be open. Be not writing under stress, if that makes sense. Um, totally. So, I, yeah, I pushed it back, and it came out in March. And now it's been a few months of not only it being born, but me seeing like how people are like liking it and moving with it, and how they're feeling about it. So that's been an interesting experience because it's kind of like you putting your baby in school, right? Because first you have your baby at home, you're like. You know, maybe a couple people know my baby, whatever. Then you put them in school and you're like, <laughs> I know this is good for you, but like, <laughs> you know, like I miss when you were just mine, right? Like, I love like that. that's how, yeah, like, but that's like how it feels where you're like, oh, my, my book is now in school, right? And like, it's in literal schools, right? And it's, it's in places that I, because like your book becomes its own entity. Like I was talking to Lama Rod Owens, and we were having that conversation how like when you write a book and you release it to the world is now its own entity, right? It takes on a, a life of its own. You can't control who reads it, what they think about it, you know, how people like, you know, take it in. Like you can't control any of that. Um, so it's been lovely and really surprising sometimes to even see how people interpret things, yeah. right? And seeing how like, I'm like, oh, like I remember when I wrote it and I was thinking about this, but also I see how this applies to you in your life, mm-hmm. right? Like. And some people are like, I, I did another podcast and they're like, this is some of it was like, they were like, it's helping me learn how to parent. And I'm like, oh, I never, I never thought about it that way. Right. So it's just become its own entity that surprises me, even though I wrote it. I love that though. I mean, that you can learn from your own work. Yeah. Like doing in person, like I've been doing a lot of like in person, like book events and, you know, virtual spaces. And when people are like, you know, speaking to me about what parts landed with them or 
what felt important to them or whatever is just like, I'm like, oh, like, wow. Like, you know, <laughs> like, even yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, like, for how it just how it was hitting them, you, you just never, I don't know, it's not like I underestimate, underestimate, underestimate myself in the sense of like the work that I'm doing, but I think I do a lot of my work like very like isolated, very like in my bag, like, you know what I mean? So when other people are like, it, this impacted me this way, I'm like, oh shit, like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm like, wow, like I, I have that privilege. Yeah. That's wild. So yeah, it's just been really, really, a really beautiful and wild journey. What is your hope? I mean, I know clearly it's taking on more form and impact than you initially realized, but like, if you said like, my goal with this book is. Yeah. My goal with this book, at least today, what I feel um, is I really want like in this work of like reproductive justice, reproductive health and all this, like it's so common for the people who are in this work, whether they're doulas, midwives, whatever the case is to operate in deficit. Um, you know, and that deficit, not just being financial, because people are, you know, obviously sustainability in this work can be a whole thing, but just like emotionally, like just, you know, operating in deficit in that way. And so my hope is that people understand that when we operate in deficit, we are, the impact that we're making in this work as a collective is not as big as it could be. Yep. Um, and like, if people do the work on themselves, because I feel like in this, in this journey, right? Like in this work that we do, it, there's been this messaging of like, if you take care of yourself, there's some type of selfishness that comes in that. Mm -hmm. Or if you take care of yourself, you are not the most, you're not, you're not the strongest activist or, right? It's like this idea of like, the more that you don't have and the more that you show for this work, the more committed you are, right? <laughs> like that, that idea. It has to go away and a lot- Yeah, it has to go away. In any kind of activism, like, I, I was speaking to someone, you know, in gun violence, but I'm like, I feel because you have a sense of loss of losing someone and then you've picked up this work that you can't win and be whole. And I'm like, no. So you don't need to live every day with survivor's guilt. You don't need to live every day mm -hmm. in deficit or in lack or, you know, and so for me, for our people in particular in this, it really is in every space, but a healing that trauma, doing that internal work that is absolutely rooted in slavery and knowing that you are very worthy of an abundant mindset and lifestyle. That part. It's and I think like, just like we talk about, we talk about capitalism, right? Like being something that takes us out of our bodies and we're just like hustle, 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 like so much so that we're not, you know, we're not aware of what's going on in our internal landscape. I think activism sometimes can work that way too. Yeah. Right. And because it's more purposeful, right. Because it is for the good, people still kind of get lost in that and even utilize it in a way to avoid their own trauma. Right. And like, mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. I'm like, I want you to do the work on you. Like I'd rather you sit down for a year and work yeah. on you because for the collective, like the things that we have to work towards, we need people to be resourced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we need and that. Oh, so, you working in deficit is not a benefit.
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, it actually, you know, it's a sensitive topic, but, you know, I love for us to connect. I, I can say I'm a connector and a bridge builder. That, that, that's something I'm good at and, and enjoy, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better explanation. But what I'm identifying a lot of times the, the, the hindrance for connectivity is that we're internal work that hasn't been done, right? That we have those people have not arrived at an abundant mindset and may have an abundant bank account. So they don't always go together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You might have a mm-hmm. person that's very, you know, abundant in spirit and not in stuff. Yeah. And then versa. So it could be a mixture of all the things, but bottom line, I think there's a lot of hiding that happens. And then there's a lot of dissension that happens because there's internal pain. And, and maybe I don't know that. You know, I was always the kid who's like, I don't know what that means. Like, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> but most people yeah. are like, oh, I know what that means. And I'm like, well, if you don't know, you don't know. Like, you're not Go supposed to. Know. Yeah, Every, like, like, learn something. It's okay. Like, whatever. Right. But I think, too, like, what you're saying is so important because I've had, like, in the last, I mean, over time, but especially, like, in the last year or so, like, I've had conversations with, you know, birth workers, especially um, um, people of color, and they're like, a lot of times, for example, in doula work, obviously we're focused on like maternal and perinatal health disparities and we're, you know, we're focusing on these things very rightfully so, right? right. But like, I also hear like a lot of birth workers being like, I also want to focus on joy, right? But yes. they're like, when I put an event together that's focused on joy or put a thing together that's focused on joy, I don't feel like people turn out the way that they do when it's about trauma, right? And I'm like, that's that's a, that's a thing to think about. Totally. Yep. Right. Because it's like, yes, we're doing this work to, to like, obviously, you know, make impacts on these issues and those issues are very important, but we also have to balance that with joy. We also have to balance activeness with rest. Like all of this is a, it's a cycle. Like we have to, to be completed. Right. But we can't lean into the deficit, the trauma, the this, right. Like we have to be able to lean into the joy. Like there has to be that balance. And I just want people to be able like if I can think about a goal is for some if for people to individually 
be able to create that balance because then that allows in what you're talking about, like the space for nuance, the space to to listen to a perspective that's different, right? And, yeah. and not be a traumatized or triggered every time. It's like, you know, like, like it just opens up this expansion, right? In a way that I feel like is super important for the way that we need to move to do the work that we want to do. And we must not work in silos and there is no competition. Like it, that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. You don't work in silos when you're feeling joy though. You don't work in silos when you have done your internal work, right? Like you can cross over into another branch or audience and take what you need to take and leave what you need to leave. Right. And you can understand that maybe this experience is not going to be, we're not going to be understanding of each other every facet, but there's still something for me to learn here. And bring back to my community so we can go do the thing, right? But if we're only working in silos, it limits our education, our access, our resource, our abundance. And like, that's what I what I would just, like, if I can do that one thing, I would be like, happy as a clam. <laughs> yep. And who doesn't love clam chowder? I mean, just exactly. to keep <laughs> this thing full circle. Um it was super hot. I was in Martha's Vineyard last week and I'm like, it's so hot, but I just want clam chowder. <laughs> I know. I have to do the Martha Vineyard thing. I don't, I've never done it. And I it's know everybody there. But I will be your partner because it can be overwhelming. You're like the ferry to the what, to the, the, the flight, to the where. And why is this old rental $1,000 a night? Um, it's a, it's a, but it's great. Um, and it has a lot of history. Um, positive joy is history for our people. Um, let me ask you this. What was your biggest push moment? Like whatever comes to mind. First. Define push for me. Just a, an uphill, a challenge. A uphill. Like what, mm-hmm. what was your biggest push moment that, you know, you came through to the other side? Oh, that's like, ooh, child. I mean, because <laughs> I think like in my brain, right? Like, I feel like I'm, even in this moment, I feel like I'm in a push moment, you know? Like, I feel like right now, anytime you go through transitions or whatever the case is, it can feel like a push moment. And I don't, you know, I feel like I'm going to get to the other side of my current transition, but, and I am getting to the other side of it, but I think most of it's mental, right? So. I think, and maybe many of us will be able to, to like, you know, connect to this, but like, I'm currently, and I'm always in some form, like pushing through the idea that I have to take care of everyone. (laughs) Right? Like I have like, as a, as a leader, as a family member, as, you know, an entrepreneur, as, you know, whatever, you know, signs like especially when you when you have like that leadership personality like that's me I want to be in leadership like that's just who I am but I think like there is also this um generational kind of thing of being a woman and being a black woman like being in spaces like historically like intergenerational where we just take care of everything and everyone and we oh someone needs this over here well I'm gonna figure out how to get that for you or someone needs that like to the point right where we put ourselves in lack Right. Because we're we're always choosing to care for others before we care for ourselves. Um, and then we do like man, maybe like the little things like I'm going to go get a massage over here. or I'm going to go, you know, take care of myself in this way. But 
I think for me, I'm pushing through, like, what is self-care beyond that? Like, what is, like, like a true boundary or a true, like, lifestyle, right, of being more discerning about what I really have to take care of and when, right? And so I, it's a, it's a big push moment for me. <laughs> you know, so as a leader personality, what my new question is that I will offer to you or share, what are you pouring? So you know what you're pouring. Mm -hmm. What are the people around you pouring? Mm -hmm. And are they pouring? Now, there may be people you choose to pour into that have nothing to pour. That's fine. Of but course. you need to be discerning about, because they might give in a different way. They might For give sure. that joy, that appreciation of time. But I think the what are you pouring, the the boundaries, like, and I think it's like, how do you need to be loved? And are the people around you loving you and pouring into you in the way that you need? Mm -hmm. Not just because they're blood or they've been around a long time. As yeah. Or whatever. For sure. Because as those transitions happen, as that expansive growth happens, especially in a leadership role of propelling forward with change and growth and inner work and outer work and all of that. Not everybody's going to like. For sure. Me. And I think too, it's like also like allowing, like I've been working for myself now since 2018 or something like that. Um, you know, building organizations, like really just going hard. But I think like the, the push moment has been me accepting that I want to do less. Yes. Right. And like that Amen. can be, and I'm like, and that's okay. Like it could be a season. Like I'm planning right now to go on a sabbatical for, for like a few months. Um, and it's like, that was like a thing that had to really like push, like, it's okay for you to take some time off, not a week. <laughs> not, it's okay for you to take three, four months off and just focus on you. Like there's like, you have like, in the sense of like, um, telling myself like you have done enough, right? Cause there's always in this work more to do. It never ends, no. right? It never ends. And I think a lot of this work, especially reproductive justice has historically been on the backs of people of color, especially women and femme folks, right? So it's like being like, it's okay if I step away. It's okay if I take a break. It's okay if I go, you know, if I lean into the season that I'm in, and know that I don't have to be the expression that I've been for the last three years or whatever. So I think like just that kind of thing is like, for me as a person who's go, 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 who's build, 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 who's <laughs> like, I see something and I have a solution in my head, that has been like a major push. Yeah, no, keep pushing through to the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, I think what it is, is we get so used to the being depleted, especially as black women, like we don't know anything else. And what I've also realized as a black woman and a caretaker and solution and person and leader, mm -hmm. we're in, we're in control. So I have this thing where I'm like, women do have egos because we have a plan, right? Um, that's ego. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, also, when you're in that driver's seat of change and whatever have you, like you're not, there's nothing coming in. It's all coming that out. That hurt. So that doesn't make sense. But 
in an energetic and a heart space, how are you ever vulnerable to ever really experience true care or love if you're the only one doing the loving and the caring? Exactly. But I think like that point that you made about like when you're in that driver's seat and you're doing the thing, especially like leadership and this and that with with the woo, it's like very little is coming in, right? And like very little is coming in in the sense of even your internal conversation with yourself. Like, what do I like? What do I want to do? What's the next thing that I want to like? Even that is not coming in because you're always like, I got to do this thing. I got to look ahead. I got to make sure the team is this. I got to make sure the team is that, right? And like, so that creativity, that space of, of like, learning and sometimes like even when we're talking about this coming in like so guys kind of give people context like it's not just like learning something it's like in rest a lot comes in right downloads come in messages come in like and you don't get that when you're just go 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 you can't hear it you can't hear it you can't feel it you can't see it you can't anything because you're like i'm going so like that choice of like i'm just going to stop and pause and let shit happen <laughs> like yeah. And let shit in. Yeah. Yeah. And a part of that is scary, right? Because you're like, what, what? what is that? Am I going to have an identity crisis? Like, am I going like, to have like, some moment that I'm like, this was not what I was expecting, right? But the other part is like, you know, reminiscing on those times where you're like, oh, when I, when life was simpler and I was able to just be creative and I was able to dream. And now I've, I've you know, had that time and a lot of my dreams have come true. Right. And I'm grateful, but what's next? Right. Like that's like that what's next is like, hmm, I need to sit my ass down and figure that out. Right. Right. So what I, I want everyone to know what all you have, how we can support you. Um I'll just say both and then you see what comes to you first. But like what all that you do, because it's multiple crowns and um how we can support you and and the final like in closing like what do you need because i think that's a question that puts you in a space of vulnerability um mm-hmm. so just i think it helps to say that out loud um, as far yeah <laughs> as far as like my what i do like i mean i do a lot i do i run my businesses my my nonprofit my you know BNT, my doula training organization um i do business mentoring i do teaching i do this right like i also like I just, I don't know. I just love talking to people. Another thing that people don't know as much is that like, I've been really focusing on, I'm currently in this chaplaincy course. So I've actually been talking a lot with people about like spirituality and like how that comes to the work. And like, so I love conversations like that. So that's something that I do. Um, And like conversations about liberation and like, what does it mean? And how does it like, I love that. Like I'm a Sagittarius too. So I'm like, give me the philosophical like stuff <laughs> so that we can like you know yeah, like just to get yeah i get it yeah uh-huh. like, i'm like that really like feeds me i'm like so, how, so your liberation how does that feel what does that look like where does it come from like you know like i'm that <laughs> those conversations fill me like a thousand percent um and then when i think about like, you know you can always just go to my website and be like what is this what, what is she doing saveyourway.com and then other things that i do or no other things that i things that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, I need um, people to celebrate my rest. <laughs> like, 
and whatever that whatever that looks like, like just celebrate it. You don't even have to contribute to it. If you feel ever so nicely, sure, love a gift, right? But like just celebrate it. Like the ways I think, like especially for again for black women specifically, like people are very celebratory of the things that we do, right? The accomplishments that we have and whoop de woo, and that's very great. But also like root for me when I'm doing nothing, like <laughs> like root for me when I'm. It's very mm-hmm. hard turn it is yeah it is so it's like root for me and like encourage it and like contribute to it in the ways that you can and when i say contribute it can be like you're doing a good job you know like you don't have to be nothing wild but that phone and put to close your laptop yeah like like, go take a nap yeah exactly and i think the thing that i would also say is like um just to not just, but to honor my humanity, right? Like to to not see me as a machine, to not see me as the all being, all knowing. Because sometimes that's not complimentary. Like sometimes it's like that's not like nice. Sometimes sometimes you're like, there's a lot of pressure, and I I don't know the answer. So I need I I want to be humanized, right? And I think that's been something that like in the last few years of like doing this work, like always trying to like make sure that people have a grounded perspective of me being human, meaning that I make mistakes. I have bad days. Sometimes I know the solutions. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I try something out and it doesn't work. Like that kind of thing. Cause I, I think that sometimes can be my struggle internally is that I see myself as a machine, right? I'm like, get up, go do the thing. Then you do the next thing. Then work this off list. And then you do this and then you do that, right? So when people are like, Girl, you don't need to do everything. I'm like, oh, humanity. <laughs> right? Or like when people like, you know, take me off the pedestal I didn't ask to be on, I'm like, oh, humanity. Right? So I think it's just like, that's what I need right now. Just to like be be honored and appreciated and loved and doing much of nothing and, and just being human. I love that. I love that because you're other all the time. Like you and I have that in common. We're other, you know, and that's been our existence, which is what it is, you know? And I believe it's safe to say you're a Sag. So I think I can say this. You're confident in that otherness. And with that comes pressure, weight, responsibility that we own. Mm -hmm. And and I don't want to always feel the otherness yeah you know? yeah no, it, I, it, you, can't, you can't let your guard down when you're always in that other space right when you're just like in this ethereal everyone like you're like i can't i can't let my guard down and like sometimes like especially i think as an evolved sagittarius because i think when you're younger at least for me you're like yeah, yeah i can do it you know sagittarius are known for being like confident and like maybe a little too confident right but like <laughs> but i think like where you kind of evolve into that space of realizing, like, I actually need spaces where I could, like, let my guard down. Yeah. Like, I want to be celebrated for my for my otherness. Yeah. But I also want people to remember that, like, there is a level of vulnerability that I want to be able to practice. Mm-hmm. And I can't practice the vulnerability if if it's always this level of perfection that has to be held. Yeah. My very dear friend is a Sag and, like, I'm always the one that can kind of, because I'm a Pisces, get get it out. I'm like, 
I know you have feelings in there. Like <laughs> you might have to curse someone out for me to finally get you to cry, but like you have feelings. And that's been my mom is a Pisces. And I'm like, girl, do you have a feeling about everything? Yeah, we do. All of the feelings. I know. <laughs> but y'all also get spicy though. Y'all also get spicy if y'all feelings get hurt. Y'all can be real. Or we could just we what people don't realize is we you you get cut. Oh no, for sure. My mom as I was growing up, like cut, cut. <laughs> like, okay, it's not working. We could just I was, we can just cut. Then there's no like I didn't do high school. I was just like, oh, oh, we're done. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, wait, what? She ain't even gonna argue with me? Because you know, I'm like yes. a Pisces actress, so they were waiting for the fight. Yes, my girlfriend is a she's a Leo son, but her a lot of her everything is in cancer. Oof. And I told yeah. her, I was like, I was like, if I would have known that you had this much cancer in your chart, we probably wouldn't have dated. But I didn't know till later on. But <laughs> however, however, you know, you. through her softness and vulnerability and emotions, it has definitely influenced me to be like, huh, hmm. maybe I should practice some of that. <laughs> but you know, like said, is we're so like mechanical in our thinking that we can't just yeah. practice it. We have to think about like, how do I practice it? What do I do next? How do I, you know, it's like. <laughs> I love that. Okay, let's see the book. We need to see the book. Yes! The whole thing <laughs> that everyone's going to buy anywhere they want, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's also available on audio for folks that benefit from that um, format. Amazing. Well, um, I feel like, what are we going to do together? I think we need to do something. We do have to do something together. We do. Like, for real. Do you know what that thing we is have yet? To think about it. Hmm? Yeah. Okay, let, let's get, let's open for that download. Yeah, let's think here. like spring of next year, though. Yeah, not tomorrow. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'm like, cause I'm, I'm about to be. Yeah. So yeah. what does that look like? Like, you're going to just unplug completely, or unplug? No, I'm not like unplugging completely because I think like that wouldn't even be good for me. Because I, <laughs> I think it's yeah. more so me being. So I'm planning on probably going to Costa Rica for a couple months. Um, coming home in December, uh, and then probably January, February, probably going to a couple other places that I've been wanting to go to and haven't gone to. Um, it looks like, so I have my stuff stack, um, it's at birthneoterrace.com, but my stuff stack, I'll still be writing. Cause I find that to be something that pours into me. I'm a okay. writer, I guess. Okay. But like, <laughs> but like, so I'll be doing like some, some things, but I'm also like, you know, I'll probably like post on social media, but it won't be like, I'm not just doing, I'm not doing work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, like my team is set up. Exactly. So it was like, you know, and, and, my, and my humanity needs to, like, wants to stay connected to my people. It's just like, I don't want to do work. I don't want to be in my, I want to, like, create, like, with ease and with no schedule. I want to, like, yeah. wake up and not be like, I have 10 meetings today. Like, I want to, like, have space, you know, to just, like, be, but also still do the things that pour into me. And I don't think, like, I'm a person who could just lay on the beach for two months. Like, that's not going to work for me. So there's things that I'm going to be doing for myself, you know? I love it. I'm here for it. I celebrate that creative environment of rest and freedom. It's just the freedom, right? 
I, I mean, I get that. I, I am an artist, absolutely. But I don't, until recently, didn't realize how much of an artist I am. Like, even for an Instagram post, I'm like, I can't just make it. It's not because my hair is a mess and the house is a mess or the kids are loud. Because I'll make posts that the kids are loud. I don't care. But it's like, I need to be inspired. And I, I think when I say that, I'm like, that sounds so cliche. No, I, when I pop on live on Instagram, I have to be inspired. I don't have a schedule. I just go on. Because now I, I, this thing yeah. happened, I feel inspired to so talk. pressure to like churn mm-hmm. it out. And I'm not a, I think you've probably gleaned enough from what you know of me. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not why. Like, I have to just be open. And that's just all I know how to do. And so either you like it or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. You're going to get one version of me. That's what my partner said. She was like, you are who you are no matter where you're at. And I'm like. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, what? I don't. What are you talking about? A little bit less if I know yeah. <laughs> there's kids around or something. But that's yeah. That's it. I'm from Oakland. But I think man. that's part of the work, right? Of like also like humanizing ourselves is like just showing up when we can and showing up how we can and like not being yeah. super like, you know, primped and whatever. It's just like, this is what you're going to get because this is where I'm at today. And I think that also encourages other people to, do to be themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with that, I'm going to like, um, you can let me know where you are in Costa Rica if you get bored. Um, and two, let's absolutely make a pact that by the end of October, we will plant seeds and like fertilize an egg. 1,000. We I can do that. An egg by the yeah, end we of can do that. Because I'm like, we plan it for next year. We just got, and this is the this is the time to, yeah. to make plans. Because I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm open. Like I'm re- I, have, I already have stuff on the schedule for next year, but like. It's not packed. Little guy. Remember, we were trying to connect in different points, but it's like, I'm doing this. You're doing that. Like, right time. It wasn't the right time. Yeah. I yeah. Believe. So now it's time to really plant the seed, let it grow, and then do the thing. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to be doing a thing, y'all. Thank you so much for everybody. Please support her book, her work, her rest, and celebrate all of the fabulousness of Miss Sabia Wade. I'm so proud of Thank you. Thank you. you. And I just love, like, I have, like, See, I'm a Pisces. I have goosebumps because we support each other and we do see each other and we didn't know each other from Adam or Eve and here we are and that makes me so happy and it fills my cup to keep going to have moments like this. So I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Keep doing the things. I see you doing the things. I'll be watching. Listen, I may not be like, you got to sometimes hit my phone like, hello? You might have to even text me again, hello? And I appreciate that. So look, could I just be doing the most? But I see, I'm like, okay. I see what's going on here. I see it. <laughs> brick by brick, girl. Brick by brick. <laughs> brick, brick, brick by brick. Um, well, thanks, boo. Thank you. Um,